NBA, Straya. How are you going? Hey, guns. Monday, it's November 1st. Pinching a bunch for the first day of the month. And I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. You know, for whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Literally anybody. I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. No longer locked out, but still in ISO. Bloody trog. Anyway, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. And uh, what are we? Two weeks in. Loving this. So we're here repping Australia there a little bit. That's what we do. And we don't take things too seriously. Leave that for the nerds. We're just serious about enjoying the NBA, bro. Uh, and what a fun weekend that was. That was awesome. Literally just finished with the uh, Lakers Rockets beatdown. We've got weekend winners and losers for you. We're going to wrap up every game. We've got a juicy slab of that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spud of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Dickhead of the weekend. We've got Yanars. What else we got? Unpopular opinion of the day. And we've got Outback Tokyo's, where we're serving up. A flame girl take. We're going to uh, chuck in an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. For the Australian Player Watch, catch up with all the Aussies, and we've got the NBA Australia game previews and picks for tomorrow. Lots of games tomorrow for your uh, Melbourne Cup Day. Some of us get to take it off. Not me, mate. I'm out here working hard for you. Uh, we'll finish up with a brand new positive reviews for positive people with Josh Giddy reviews. <laughs> It's always a fun one. And we'll uh, get into it. Let's do it. Episode 688 of NBA Australia. Let's go. All right. Support for NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped. The men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yep, Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You'll see it and go, oh my god, it's a good trimmer. Uh, all across Australia and New Zealand, the 4.0 is awesome. So join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Uh, I'm one of the first people to try that new 4.0, and I'll tell you what, I love it. The light. But my favorite part is probably, well, the light is awesome, just so you can see what's going on. <laughs> but the best part is really the ceramic advanced skinscape technology, so you're reducing your grooming accidents. Basically, no more nicks, bro. No more nicks. It's like New York after the uh, first round of the playoffs. Uh, no more nicks. But either way, it's all about the skin safe technology, the awesome ceramic blade, you'll feel confident shaving your boyos and everything else on your body. That's right. It's all pretty good. Look, basically you got wireless charging, you got trim guards. If you've been shaving your face with the same thing that you use to shave your nuts, look, what are you doing? You're doing it wrong! I tell you! That's gross! Anyway, get your own ball hair and body hair trim with Manscaped. So get 20% off with free shipping with the code straight at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you, and so will everybody else who will come near your junk. I'm just saying. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYER. Unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia.
Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. You better watch out for the KD attack if you're like, I don't know, just a person at a Nets game or Kelly Olenek. We'll get to that in a second. Let's start today's show. Let's start the week off the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily. Whip around. There you go. Hey, I'll tell you what. Feels good to be actually doing a show on a Monday as opposed to last week's just absolute horror show. I was too sick. Oh, what a week it's been. We're still in ISO, obviously, because the squid uh, being a close contact with somebody at his childcare who was a positive COVID case means that he's stuck inside for two weeks. Luckily, I built a giant playground thing in our backyard yesterday. It's got a slide, a climby bit. It's basically a giant pirate ship. I had to drive all the way out to Broad Meadows to go pick it up. <laughs> in the rain and wind. thought it was going to blow off the top of the roof of the car, but it was awesome. Uh, sorted that out all for him yesterday. Beautiful Sunday it was. And uh, also the weather's held up. So I'm not entirely convinced that he's noticed that he hasn't left the fucking property <laughs> for like nigh on like eight days now. So, uh, but what does that mean? So we've got like another week essentially for him and I. So we can still go do stuff. So it's not that dire. But obviously when you've got a two and a half year old, it's not like you can just leave him at home and, like, old mate and I can go to the pub for him for a meal. <laughs> a million pints. We can only leave, like, one at a time. It's very weird. But anyway, we're surviving, if not thriving. Tell you what, we're all good. Drank a lot of beers on the weekend, though, just to deal with it. Anyway, uh, speaking of which, there was also basketball. KD, Kevin Durant, we mentioned this. Watch out for the KD attack. He's breaking bad. How good is this? He threw the ball into the crowd on Saturday. Got fined $25,000. Didn't even get kicked out. I'm going to talk about that later. Uh, then threw a fucking elbow shiver at Kelly Lennox's head <laughs> and got booted from today's game against the Pistons. Which, look, obviously it's bad, but also I don't think it should be a flagrant two because it's Kelly Olenek. Like, context matters, right? Like, I don't... Th- I've got to feel like Rick Carlisle was, like, laughing about the fact that KD didn't get tossed out of the indie game on Saturday. For throwing the ball into the crowd, but then he was fine. I've got to assume that the uh, the wrestler, oh, we thought he was throwing it off the backboard, so he just missed it. It's like, that's one of the greatest scorers of all time. <laughs> you don't think he can throw the ball and hit the fucking backboard? Anyway, but context matters, and the same thing goes for the flagrant two for today with the, sh- with the elbow, because if a player is throwing an elbow at Kelly Lennox's face, if you're the ref, you've got to figure... A, Kelly Linick definitely tried to dislocate something on the player who threw the elbow, and B, it was deserved regardless because it's fucking Kelly Olenek. Uh But it's good to see KD acting out. Really isn't, like, because, I mean, just his BFF is a fucking dunce who won't get the vaccine and is currently submarining their fucking season and his chance in another ring. I mean, I'd fucking start throwing elbows five, six games in as well. It's like, fucking Kyrie, fucking Kyrie. Take this, Kelly Olenek. Bang! I love it. Anyway, uh... Maybe KD just needs to play like that all the time because the Nets have uh, finally won back-to-back games. Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the NBA draft this year, finally made his debut. Uh, it was like a weird dink that I believe he made his debut 40 years after uh, Isaiah Thomas. The other, the only other guard that was basically like as high... Well, you know, Cade is the only other guard that the Pistons have taken higher than IT. So that was kind of neat. Bit of, bit of, bit of uh, I don't know... Some parallel universe stuff there. It's pretty good. 40 years. Here you go. Uh, but that was kind of... He had a pretty rough, rough debut. Couldn't hit anything. We'll talk about that later. Patch Williams. Ah, oh, poor Patrick Williams. Poor Bulls fans. He's out for the season. He had a brutally broken wrist. 
So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, the Bulls are flying, but Patrick Williams is their sort of uh, Swiss Army knife, do anything young dude that they were hoping for a big jump out of, and this sucks. So that really stinks. Uh, prayers over Patch Williams, and hopefully uh, he recovers quicker and healthier than we expect. Ben Simmons! Hashtag Box Hill Benny. Hashtag Benny the Bricky. Uh, there was a great article by Keith Pompey. Uh, I've met Keith. He's a good dude. All about that hustle. I love it. Uh, for the Philadelphia, it was an inquirer. But he, there's a key bit in his article about there's a suits around the league that the Sixers could try to play Simo at some point during their six-game road trip uh, from November 13 through 25. So in a couple of weeks' time, Simo Watch will be on. There you go. That's kind of fun. Because apparently he was at shoot-around, did a little bit of light work, hasn't played five-on-five, uh, worked out, dribbled a basketball while he was on the exercise bike. I don't know. Just some shitty, dumb stuff. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. Good job. Uh, and then, sadly, the other piece of news about this is uh, Ernie Johnson, the host of Inside the NBA, uh, his son, um, Michael, sadly passed away. from. Uh, he was suffering from a very rare disease and had done so for a very, very long time. And all the uh, pieces about Ernie and his family are obviously amazing and beautiful. So, look. Thoughts are with Ernie and the family right now. That's just, yeah, really, really sad, really brutal. All right, let's do some, uh, let's wrap up the weekends with the games, though. The NBA. It's fantastic. All right, let's do it. Game raps, 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 game raps. The game raps brought to you by DraftKings.com. Our mates at Air, what, DraftKings.com. Until for the next two weeks, you can still join up, play a bit of Daily Fantasy, try to win some prizes. So go to dkng.co slash Strayer, join up, pick your team, sit back, see how they go, try to win some big old prizes. Absolutely smashed it, actually, in the old NBA uh, Daily Fantasy in the last week and the NFL one this week. So you can too. Go join up with any of the links on our website, socials, or just go straight to dkng.co slash Strayer. Play some Daily Fantasy. Oh, let's fang through these game wraps. Uh, and then we'll get to weekend winners and losers. Orlando beat Toronto, one of the hardest teams to peg all season. Uh, the old Raptors. Who knows what's going on? But look, they lost that one. Indy lost in Brooklyn, as mentioned, 105-98. That was a belter of a game. Miami kicked the crap out of Charlotte, 114-99. Sacramento beat the hapless New Orleans Pelicans. They were the Pelicans that day. 113-109. The Clippers got absolutely shit-pumped by Portland, which was a really weird one. On Saturday, I was watching that with the squid. The Clippers just had no answers. Uh, 111-92. Dallas got absolutely obliterated by the Denver Nuggets. 106-75. And the uh, Lakers beat LeBron James' old team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland! 113-101. Sunday! Boston lost to Washington in uh, double overtime, 115-112. Hilarious scenes. Boston just can't do it, can they? Detroit beat the Magic Men, 110-103 in Kate Cunningham's debut. The New York City Knickerbockers of New York City beat the New Orleans Pelicans. There you go, 123-117. Poor Pelicans playing a back-to-back. Home back-to-back, and they lost both. Something smells bad in New Orleans. Or New Orleans as it's colloquially known as. Toronto then turned around off their loss and beat the Indiana Pacers, 97-94. 
The Hawks, Kakar, lost in Philly in a huge game, 122-94. Trey Young, uh, the bane. The bane? Uh, of Philly. <laughs> doesn't matter, goes into Philly. It's a regular season game. He doesn't give a shit about it. Uh, and Atlanta got straight killed, didn't they? Yeah. So he got straight killed. Utah and their unbeaten record, the final unbeaten record in the NBA, went by the wayside thanks to Big Vooch and the Chicago Bulls 107-99. The Yaz finally drop a game. The Memphis Grizzlies, they got beaten pretty handily by the Miami Heat 129-103 without Bam, which is pretty gnarly. San Antonio Bandera Spurs, they milk meet yeah, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. So here it's Algonquin for the good land. It wasn't on Sunday, because they lost 102-93 to the Spurs. Crazy. Golden State beat the pants off of OKC, 103-82. Uh, Minnesota just came up short against the Denver Nuggets on a big run from the Nugs, 93-91. And Phoenix also beat Cleveland. Oh, it's a tough couple of days for Cleveland. Cleveland! 101-92. And then today, we had the Dallas Mavericks get a very handy win against the Sacramento Kings, 105-99. Charlotte beat Portland at home in an absolute rip-roar of a game, 125 113, run away with the second half. Utah, 107-1 over Milwaukee. That's right. You'd think it's Algonquin for the good land. It has not been because they've just lost back-to-back home games. Tough scenes there in Milwaukee. Brooklyn kicked the shit out of Detroit, 117-91, and the Lakers just finished off their uh, demolition of Houston. Even though Houston made it a little bit closer in the end, 95-85, they went on like a uh, 22-4 run in that fourth quarter. Basically to get it close. But let's do it. Weekend winners and losers out of all of that. Let's see who they are. Oh, my God. I won. I won. Ah! <laughs> <clears throat> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is me. me. Cam Brockman. Get a shot of me. There you go. That's right. The weekend winners. Let's start off at the top. Because the New York Knickerbockers of New York City are at the top of the Eastern Conference. They've won three on the trot. They're looking good. That's right. The Knicks and the Wizards are at the top. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, but what? They've beaten the Sixers, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. And, I mean, it's nothing to sniff at. But more importantly, RJ Barrett finally got going. They just look fun and cohesive. And, like, RJ kind of felt like the last piece. He'd been sort of scuffling. We're going to talk about him pretty uh, expansively later. But... He was like the one sort of extra little bit where you're like, well, if he gets going, it could be yeah, it could be over for everybody, huh? And off they go. The Knicks crushing it. An absolute weekend winners because that game against the Pelicans, you're in New Orleans, you've got RJ going up against his old college teammate, and it was on for young and old, and they kicked the shit out of him. So good win by the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City. And that's why they're weekend winners because, look, they hold on, they really sort of just muscled the Pelicans out of this one. Even with uh, Julius Randle and stuff like that, not having great games, RJ was on one. And when they can turn around and win that sort of game with uh, some of their other dudes misfiring like quickly, like D-Rose, and like, you know, withstanding a big my name is Jonas Valanciunas attack, here you go. They didn't have Brandon Spindles Ingram to the Pals, but look, didn't matter. Can only beat the team in front of you in the Knicks. Top of the East. The Wizards! Same vibes. They're 5-1. and one. Look, they're going to pop up again later pretty uh, in pretty in-depth fashion in year Nas, but they're 5-1 and one and looking great. And 
also, obviously, as mentioned, second uh, in the conference, which is crazy, but also with the same uh, record. To be honest, so do the Bulls and so do the Heat. So that also goes. So the Heat are 5-1, and one, Charlotte, and now 5-2. and two. So how about weekend winners, just the entire Southeast division? I mean, except for Orlando, uh, because that division is a juggernaut, because Atlanta are 3-3. Three and three. They've dropped two wildly dumb games that they shouldn't have lost. And so, therefore, should be probably 5-1 and one as well. But the Southeast Division is just out of absolutely nowhere, gone bang, and it's fun as hell with Miami, Washington, Charlotte, Atlanta in there, going hammer and tongs, and then Orlando, like, bringing up the rear. Oh, we're Orlando. We're kind of fun. But the thing is, even Orlando's kind of fun. Ice Cole Anthony, you've got Mo Bamba, you've got Wendell, doing a whole bunch of weird kind of random stuff. I kind of love it. Good on him. Uh, but either way, uh, the Southeast Division is basically just the weekend winners. Ah, <laughs> oh, love it. I love it. Hey, did I say the Raptors lost to the Magic the other day? Uh, the Raptors beat them by one. That was weird. Why did I have that written down wrong? That was, anyway, so the Raptors, they're also winners because they snuck a great win past Indy. They snuck one past the Orlando Magic men. And... Scotty Barnes looks fucking awesome. Like, holy moly. They're absolutely just... Like, I don't know. There was a moment last week where it's like, ooh, Toronto might not be good. And now they've just had the uh, good luck of playing just a completely moribund Pacers team and uh, snuck past a Magic team that just isn't very good. So Scotty Barnes is crushing it. He has had a couple of really, really, really good games and then backed it up and just smash a rate of the... Paces after he, you know, went pretty well against uh, Jalen Suggs was pretty good in that Magic game, but uh, you know Scotty had twenty one and nine, then backed it up in the uh, Paces game by just going, oh well, if I had twenty one in the last, well I'll have twenty one in this one as too. So basically, Toronto come out of this weekend going, our draft pick looks fucking amazing, and we got two wins. I think you could say they're weekend winners. Boom. The Sixers. Oh, but Jimmy. They still don't have Ben Simmons. And you know what? They might not need him. Uh, they finally managed to beat Trey Young in Philly. I mean, the only problem is it's about four or five months <laughs> too late. Uh, yeah. Just a real shame that it's a meaningless regular season game in October and not, you know, game seven of the Eastern semis. Good job, Sixers. But the point was they really, really handled Atlanta. And uh, kick the shit out of them. So that was a good, nice, sort of uh, heartening win if you're a Sixers fan. Denver! They keep winning somehow. The Joker wasn't hurt, though. This is basically the biggest thing that comes out of this weekend winner uh, aspect for the Denver Nuggets. Is When Joker goes out last week, it's like, oh, crap. Really? They lose Jamal. Now Joker's hurt his knee. He's playing through it. And he just came back. And he's still putting up numbers. And they squeaked out or come from behind win against the Wolves. That was huge. And on top of that, Denver are weathering this MPG, Michael Porter Jr. shitstorm, where he's seemingly completely not just anti-vax, but also anti-hitting fucking shots completely. He's afraid of everything to do with shots at the moment, apart from just taking them, unless it's a vaccine. (laughs) But the best part about uh, the Denver stuff over the last little while has been Bol Bol. Bol Bol's just out here fucking flying around, stealing, dunking, taking like one gigantic goddamn dribble and he ends up like at the other end of the floor. 
been amazing. I love it. Uh, but they got that big win against the Mavs, and they got that, uh, you know, excellent, nice win against the uh, Wolves. They're going to be feeling pretty, pretty good about themselves at the moment. you love to see that. Neil O'Shea is a weekend winner. But Jimmy, what are you talking about? He's a GM. Yeah, look, the Blazers have started looking okay, even while Dame has been playing like shit. So Neil O'Shea hasn't had to panic trade Dame or CJ just yet to save his job. So that's a bit of a win for Neil O'Shea, isn't it? Oh, jeez, I'm gonna I've I've made an absolute fucking mess of this goddamn roster. Oh, it's gotta be it's the coach's fault. Oh, I've already fired him. Oh fuck! Uh, better trade. Uh, CJ! Um, so even though they lost at the Hornets today, some of their other uh, showings have been pretty good. That winning against the Clippers was really good. They beat the Grizzlies uh, the other day as well. So look, Portland, it was going to be panic stations. It's not at the moment. So that's a bit of a win for them. Phoenix! Your reigning Western Conference champions. They're back on tra- track after a uh, big Cavs win. That was absolutely insane. They they went on a 50-12 to run in the second quarter through the basically the end of the third quarter, they were down 14, and when it came to an end, they had basically they ended up leading by 24. That's insane. But the best part about it was the Suns actually kind of looked fun and kind of looked like themselves again. This might have a little something to do with like the fact that the Cavs are wildly inconsistent, uh, and especially defensively, you never know what you're going to get with the Cavs. But Phoenix, Booker was feeling good. Uh, Aiton was looking all right at, the, at times, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe, just maybe, they're going to be okay. <laughs> and, like, Mobley, it was hilarious for the Cavs because uh, Mobley was incredible against the Lakers and horrible against the Suns. But Aiton was doing stuff, and, like, CP3 looked on song, Bridges looked on song. Essentially, it was, like, one of the first games all season where the Suns have looked pretty good, and they're 2-3. and three. If they had have just, you know, crapped the bet against the Cavs and lost that one and started off 1-4, and four, you would have been uh, panic stations. But good stuff by the Shunj. The Brooklyn Nets, back-to-back wins for the first time this season. I mentioned that earlier. They outpaced the Pacers and then pummeled the Pistons. It's a lot of peas. Uh, KD should have been kicked out of both. <laughs> well, no, he shouldn't have got kicked out for Elbow and Kelly Olenek because fuck that. But... More importantly, James Harden is very slowly... James Harden is a weekend winner. Not only has he got, like, the Nets athletic staff dressing up as him, uh, but slowly but surely finding his game. He had 19 free-throw attempts against the Pacers, which is crazy. Then he had a quad, uh, he had a triple-double against the Pistons all in three quarters, uh, which tied him all-time with Larry Bird. So James Harden was kind of the piece uh, for the Nets that was, like, really, really in struggle town. And then he sort of had two very James Harden-y games. And lo and behold, the Brooklyn Nets have won both. That's pretty good. It's one of those things where you go, look, you want to go into a off-season healthy. So you can at least not spend your off-season rehabbing and looking after your body. You want to be looking after your game. And Harden obviously wasn't able to do that after his hammy in the playoffs. And so... He's still trying to get his game legs back under him, having you know spent so much of that offseason rehabbing that hammy. It's going to take a little while. So a week and a bit in, looks like there's a couple of uh, you know nice little oh yeah he's yeah he's still alright. <laughs> James Harden still can play. There you go. And finally, us, Jimmy. What do you mean by us for weekend winners? I'll tell you what. 
us, we, the viewers, because everyone's realised that they like watching basketball without having dudes drawing fouls by playing not basketball. What do you mean by that, Jimmy? Well, every time you saw Trey Young or James Harden leap fucking sideways in the air to land on the defensive player and then somehow draw a foul on the defender, this is going by the wayside. And everyone's like actually calling it out and going, yeah, geez, this is much better, isn't it? It's like, yeah, no fucking shit. Watching offensive players jump three feet sideways into a dude to draw a foul on the other guy, how the fact that it even took that long for the league to legislate it out is crazy. But uh, the most important aspect of that is people calling it out because it means that the rest will stick on it and not forget about it like they do with other rule tweaks and rule changes and have done so over the years, right? Remember like the slew of texts that we had like over the last sort of, you know, the starts of the last two, three years. So, ah, oh, well... You can't uh, show up another player or we'll give you a tech. And it's like, he's just yelling. It's not at the guy. He's not calling him a pussy or something. What are you doing? And then that slowly relax those. Hopefully, this stuff sticks. Because you've got dudes like Draymond and Steph today coming out and going, wow, it's fucking great watching basketball at the moment. It's like, yeah, let's keep it like that. Right, weekend losers. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. 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 That's right, weekend losers. The Utah Yaz. Because they finally lost. What a bunch of losers. <laughs> no. Uh, but it was a tough one when they... Uh, Went out there and lost to the Bulls. Donnie Mitchell went 9 of 27. Bojan went 5 of 14. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson shot 5 of 19. That doesn't help much. Uh, but look, it was always going to happen at some point where they'd have just a bad shooting night. Donnie started off the uh, year a bit slow. And they've sort of papered over everything throughout the f- first few games. And you're like, well, that's okay. They'll survive. They'll survive. And that's exactly what happened because then they turned around and beat the Bucks on a back-to-back. <laughs> so the Yaz were only losers for a very small portion of the weekend, but it did make them actually technically losers because till that point, they weren't because they hadn't lost. Now they have. Boom. There you go. The Bucks, though, actual maybe a little bit more losery because they lose to San Antonio. Then they drop that heavyweight game to the Yaz where both teams are on a back-to-back. Uh but the Bucks were much more banged up, right? That's a uh, even if they were banged up. I mean, losing back-to-back games at home. If you're the reigning champs, it's a bit of a uh, rough weekend. But they had no Chris Middleton in that Yaz game. He was sick, so I don't believe they had what Giroux. They didn't have Middleton. Like it was just, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a rough one, I tell you. Because Utah Milwaukee should, on paper, be an absolute cracker. Like Donnie Mitchell was really good. And suddenly you're starting two Antetokounmpo's. And I think if you're the Bucks, you're like, well, having one in the starting lineup is fine. If we've got two of them, it's gone beyond the pale. Because uh, the Narsas went 5 of 15. Now, I don't know don't know about you. I'm no math scientist, but 5 of 15 uh, is not good. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, no Middleton, no Giroud, no Lopez. 
I mean, no, Don Teddy Vincenzo. Just all brutal sort of uh, dudes that they're missing. So you're playing a lot of Paddy Connett and a lot of Georgie Boy Hill. Grayson Allen was pretty good for them today. He went 5 or 10, but yeah, still. Rough weekend. Even Spud Hood, I think, got hurt after playing 11 minutes, which is very classic Spud Rodney Hood, but... Here we are. Bucks, rough weekend, weekend losers. Minnesota, same vibes. They should have won that squeaker against Denver because uh, that's what half-decent teams do, right? They pull off big wins at home against quality competition and they randomly went away from Cat in this game. And uh, I'll tell you what, if Cat only has 11 field goal attempts and if he's the third highest field goal attempts on your, on your team, then that's probably a game you deserve to lose, you idiots. What are you doing Minnesota, you giant dummies. Like, and when I say third most, it's actually the fourth most field goal attempts on that team because Malik Beasley's shooting 14 times, D'Lo's shooting 15 times, Ant-Man shooting 19 times, Carl anthony Towns, the best player out of all of them, only shot 11. What are we doing here? Minnesota, pull your fucking heads in. Jesus. And we all understand like the uh, inconsistency of D'Lo. So he goes, what, 6 of 15 in this game, 2 of 6 from downtown. The classic sort of 6 assists, 3 turnovers. And you got to basically... The model of Cat and the model of Minnesota winning on a consistent, on a consistent basis is not relying on D'Lo. It's like reflex. You can always rely on Cat. You can't rely on D'Lo. He's like Jason. You can never rely on him. You're a lion reflex, which is cat. So, Minnesota, what are you doing? Pull your heads out of your bum. Cleveland! Cleveland! They're also weekend losers. They'd be looking so good, but on this road trip, it was a bit of a tough one. They just didn't have a... They dropped that Lakers game. They looked, uh... For a minute, that they, uh, would be cutting up, and then it was just gone. <laughs> the Lakers... Like, the, the... The Cavs actually led the Phoenix game, uh, but it was just not quite there against the Lakers... And that was a bit of a shame. So, look, them coming out with a bit of fight against the Suns was pretty fun. But otherwise, yeah, not ideal. So, two losses. Look, beating the Clippers was amazing. It's like found money. They beat the Nuggets before that. Awesome stuff. This big Western road trip. To get two wins already, you got to feel all right if you're Cleveland. Cleveland! But you kind of feel like they almost could have gotten there with the Lakers. But, nah. I mean, they led... Both games after the first quarter. It's just, yeah, they got reeled in. Anyway, Cleveland, tough one. Look, Mobley was incredible. They should be weekend winners just because they drafted him. He had 23 points, six rebounds against the Lakers. Was absolutely everywhere, dominating. And I love him. Uh, Weekend losers, Colin Sexton, the sex man. The reports came out of the weekend. Didn't get a contract extension like the other people in his rookie class uh, because he was asking for that Jamal Murray, De'Aaron Fox money. That five years, 170 million odd. I assume he didn't get that contract extension because he was fucking laughed out of the room. <laughs> you want how much, Colin? Shut up. Get out of here. You're taking the piss, right? He's like, no, that's how much I want. Seriously? You really? But Colin, you you don't play any defense. You're, but Colin. You'd barely pass the ball. <laughs> I love it. Ah, oh, this is a sad weekend loser, Patrick Williams, because Patrick Williams on the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls are looking great, and I think 
I was hoping to see as much of, you know, at least much more from him this year. I know that every Bulls fan probably was as well. Because this is the perfect, it would have been the perfect spot for him to shine this year just to show us what he could do. Uh, just be the do everything Swiss Army knife wing, right? While you've got Adam Zaki Cakes, Levine, uh, Vooch, Demat, Lonzo, etc., you know, handle the big workload and Patch can sort of just fill in the gaps and, yeah, breaking his wrist in pretty brutal fashion just sort of stinks. So. Uh, hopefully he'll be back better than ever next year. The Celtics are weekend losers. Oh, jeez. Two and four, kid. Dude, you see us lose that fucking game against Washington, dude? Anyway, uh, lost back-to-back games against the Wizards, dealing with a weird, messy run of ins and outs. I mean, Tatum and Brown, having both had COVID, you do hear, like, the odd quote from there and there. It's like, well, Tatum's like, ah, oh, well... Yeah, sometimes I oh, just don't feel that great. And Brown's like, yeah, dude, inhalers and shit. Um, but the Celtics, it's just, they're playing, I think the biggest thing, thing is that they've got to, they keep playing these weird double overtime games and losing them. <laughs> but also, look, when Dennis Schroeder goes 1-7, oh, I mean, it's just, it's a bit of a tough one. Naismith is not being able to get out on the floor. Jason Richardson, look, he's giving you, oh, Jason... Josh Richardson's giving them a little something-something, but, yeah, without Marcus Smart at the moment, it's uh, not an ideal way for the Celtics to be sort of going about their season, uh, starting off 2-4, and four, obviously. So it's a lot to do, with, in my brain, about Tatum. And he's going to be another loser here, weekend loser, because he just can't quite get efficiently going. I mean... He went 23 points on 22 shots against Washington the other day. And then in the second game, it was, I believe, just an absolutely brutal 27 points on 32 shots. And, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like You can have a career high in 15 rebounds, but he missed all five of his threes. He got blocked by Denny Avdijar, uh, which was called a foul, then overturned. And he missed another shot in that second overtime that probably, look, would have uh, kept the game going, if nothing else. But he just can't get going. And he hasn't... He had 41 against Charlotte last week, which was awesome. And he had 31 against Houston. But both those teams aren't exactly defensive juggernauts, you know what I'm saying? He's shooting 40% for the season, 27% from three. And you're just waiting for that efficient step up that, you know... He'd been tagged as a superstar, and you know I've always been a little bit dubious on that, and I kind of want to see it happen. It's just not. And then the final two, the big weekend losers, Indy. They are an absolute mess. They get my sweet baby carrots, Karis LeVert back. They lose Malcolm Brogdon. Brutal. They lose a tight one to the Nets, then a tight one to the Raptors. Suddenly, they turn around. They're 1-6. and six. It is uh, not nice there in Indy right now. I'll tell you that much, because... Losing the Toronto game uh, wasn't ideal. They lose basically to a fucking rookie. Sabonis, he had 22 points, but it came on 8 of 18 shooting. Miles Turner is like blocking five shots a game, but also can't hit a fucking shot to save his life. I just don't know. They uh, There was a bit of a scare when Chris Duarte got hurt, and you're like, Jesus, Duarte getting hurt shouldn't send that much of a fucking fright down the Pacers roster, but here we are. Either way, they're a mess. And the same goes for the last one, the Pelicans. They just stink. What a horrible, horrible team they are at the moment. 
Because, I mean, as mentioned, they didn't have Brandon Spindles Ingram against the uh, Knickerbockers of New York City. And I just... This entire roster just sucks. He sucks. I mean, all of it just sucks. David Griffin, what are you doing? This uh, entire roster is just brutal. And all I want to see is fun basketball. And there is an idealized version of the Pelicans where they kept Giroux, they kept Lonzo, and they'd be laughing. They'd have Spindles, Zion, off they go, and instead they aren't. They've been in some of these games as well. They've been in close games. They just can't get over the hump. They're 1-6. They will presumably get Zion back at some point. But otherwise, man, it's already a big hole in the West. 1-6. and six. It's not impossible, but Jesus, rough as guts. Look, Spindles, he'll be back. And I also kind of want more from him, right? 1-6, and six and he's just, he's been good, but it's the Tobias Harris kind of vibe of like, all right, Spindles, we need 40 from you tonight. He's like, here's 23. You're like, okay, thanks, man. All right, let's do an NBA Zero Pro performance of the weekend. <laughs> That's not a nice. Oh, that's a knife. KD's throw of that ball, it went a long way. Like, And he didn't, didn't get kicked out. That's a pretty incredible approved performance. Um, but seriously, I'm going to talk about KD later because, oof, throwing that ball into that crowd. DeMar DeRozan there. He's 32 points against the Yaz was really bloody good. I also love that it came down to clutch Vooch, however, really, to bring that home uh, with... Like, well, in the last minute and a bit, he'd been absolutely towed by Rudy Gobert, Zestafel Tower, all game. And then hit a three and then had a beautiful little, like, uh, drive into the basket to uh, basically seal that. But 32 for DeMar without hitting a three. Classic DeMar DeRozan. He was really good. Fantastic stuff. Paul George had 42 against Dame and the Blazers, but they got their ass kicked. DeJunte Murray. I'll tell you what, I love me some DeJunte Murray. Against the Bucks, he was huge. 23-5-9. and nine. He had three steals. Two of them came right at the end that basically sealed the game that led to free throws. He had 16 points in the fourth quarter. He's been amazing. But I promised it earlier. The NBA Australia approved performance of the weekend. RJ Barrett. Yes. After a very scratchy, kind of crappy start to the season, he dropped 35-8-6 on the Pelicans. That's a career-high 35 points. He was amazing. He went 6 of 8 from 3, shot 12 of 18 overall. The best part about it was against his old college teammate Zion, probably munching on another burger courtside. <laughs> so RJ Barrett just going, how's my ass taste now, Zion? Boom, I'm in New York. How about you come sign with us in a year or two? What do you reckon? RJ Barrett, career-high 35 points. It's exactly what the Knicks needed. He is like the next sort of little domino that they need to fall to really take a big step to be actual contenders. And that was a nice little uh, reminder that he can play. So 35 points for RJ. That's the NBA Australia approved performance of the night. Who was Spud of the Weekend? Spud, 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 and I, Trey Young, goes into Philly. He's like, oh, I fucking love being a villain. And then proceeded to villainize himself. 13 points on 16 shots. He was 
gross. He had 10 assists, though, but Dennis Schroeder in German Rondo. 42 minutes, two overtimes, one of seven. Yeesh. He did have nine assists, though. Uh, Jason Tatum in that same game, as mentioned, 32 shots for 27 points. Kobe. Uh, 15 rebounds, though, career high. Michael Porter Jr., 3 of 14 for his seven points against Minnesota. 5 of 19 for the Jordan Jeremy Clarkson show, as I mentioned in that loss to the Bulls. Devin Vassell went 0 of 6, 0 of 4 from downtown for the Spurs against, uh, I think that was in the Bucks game. Kenrick Williams for OKC against Golden State went 0 of 7 from the floor. I want to revisit Michael Porter Jr., though, there. 3 of 14. Michael Porter Jr., I'm just saying, maybe you're so confident in your own body, you don't want to get the vaccine, but you've gotten COVID twice. We were like, oh, well, I've gotten it twice. I'm very confident in my body of getting over it. But you keep getting it, you fucking moron. (laughs) Like, how dumb are you with that boy? I got it once, I was fine. I got it again. Well, I don't need the vaccine because I've already gotten it twice. Smack my fucking head. How about you just get it anyway? It might give you a shot back. Look, he's shooting 33% for the season, 33% from the floor, 25% from three. He's averaging 10 points a game while averaging 15 shots a game. That's fucked. Like, he's going, look, we'll understand the MPJ, MPJ thing will probably turn around because he goes through slumps and then he gets ultra fucking violet, insanely hot where he'll average 40 points a game for, like, five weeks. And you're like, oh, he's okay. But shit, at the moment, like, Denver's still winning with him being so bad. That's massive for Denver because without Jam and Jamal Murray, we talked about preseason how their margin for error was really thin. But Michael Porter Jr. could probably fill that little bit of a gap. And he hasn't, and they've still managed to win. A lot of that is obviously having Will the Thrill Barton back, Monty Morris being a very steady hand the Joker crushing it. Aaron Gordon being an absolute fucking defensive monster at the moment. Uh, so good stuff for Denver. MPJ, just get the vaccine. Uh, Kevin fucking Huerta as well. We've mentioned these guys a couple of uh, times in the last few weeks because they've both been shit. The Ginger Ninja, he went 1 of 5 against the Sixers, 0 of 4 against Washington, 1 of 8 against the Pelicans, 2 of 9 and 3 of 8 against Cleveland and Dallas. This is like, I got my big contract. Now I'm shit, like Jerome James goes to the Knicks kind of drop-off. Like, that's insane. Jesus, Kevin, sort yourself out, mate. Uh, who's Old Mate No Mates? Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Who's got No Mates today? Evan Fournier, don't Google me. Uh, got his food stolen by the DoorDash guy again. <laughs> <laughs> then he got dunked on by Channing Fry. So he tweets out, what the hell are you supposed to do when your dog dash guy keeps the food for himself? Second time it happens to me. Oh, Frenchie. <laughs> They're just picking on you. I love it. And then Channing Fry responded, learn to cook. Not bad. Not bad. Pantsing of the night. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Uh, this one was just a... Look, there's a couple of good pantsings on the weekend, some nice dunks, etc. But I really enjoyed today uh, Rudy. Rudy Gobert's the stuff of that got sent back big time by Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's like Greece like refuting France's attempts to, to collect their like EU debt or something. It's like just bang, says the Grecian. He goes, nah, no cash here, chop, no cash here. 
And Rudy's like, I have never been blocked so badly. I am very tall. And Grease just fucked him up. So good job, Giannis. That was a hell of a pantsing on Rudy Gobert. Loved it. Uh, Who was better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. 11 points and 11 shots for Lonzo. One of six from three. Brutal. Five rebounds, two assists, four steals. How about 21 and nine and then 21 and 12 for Scotty Barnes? I already gave him a bit of love earlier, but he is crushing it. Tell you what, rookie of the year, he's going to give it a shake. He, the giddy up crew. I don't know, Green will probably turn a corner at some point. We've got to assume. Uh, but there's a couple of good ones. Mobley, holy moly, he's crushing it. So I love this draft class. Uh, but also better than Alonzo Ball every time it happens. His little brother. Lamelo was amazing today. I didn't really mention him earlier for that Charlotte-Portland uh, game, but he had 27-9-7. and seven. He was amazing. He went 10 of 20 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3. Absolutely crushed. There's a couple of beautiful passes Leading to some big highlights, a beautiful pass to Miles Bridges at one point for a cruncher. Uh, but Lamello, just every time that you're being shown up by your little brother, that's a tough one, Lonzo. So Lamello and Scotty Barnes, both better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the Week! And uh, Kevin Durant throwing that ball into the crowd. I mean, KD, you got to remember in your, you're in Brooklyn. Like, I sat basically... Uh, the opposite side of the basket to where he threw that ball. And I'll tell you what, out of all the people in the crowd, 40% are looking at the actual game, looking at the actual play, and not looking at their phones. (laughs) Everybody else, phones out, boom. Uh, There's a lot of phones out in that Brooklyn crowd a lot of the time. They're like KD throwing that ball into the stands. Like That's going to ruin someone's fucking night. Gonna knock over their beers, gonna wang them in the bonce. Who knows what's gonna happen? But uh <laughs> you gotta learn, Kevin. Uh but good on him for taking out Kelly and Linick. I don't know, he's not much of a dickhead, is he? But it's still funny. Right, yeah, Nas, right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddy. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, let's do some yeah nahs. They're brought to you by the dailyliquor.com from East Nice Brewing. I mentioned it earlier. The weather in Melbourne is beautiful. And if you go anywhere without a slab on your shoulder or a couple of bottles of wine or some cocktails tucked under your arm, that's just shit bloke territory. So if you're in Melbourne, it's party time. Lockdown's over. Go to the online bottle and they'll bring you all the gear that you need Rona-free. Seriously, all their beers are amazing. Just go check out thedailyliquor.com. Have a peruse. It'll make you thirsty just sitting there. So if you order before noon, you'll get same-day delivery. It's from the Melbourne metro area. Check out thedailyliquor.com, and if you bang in the code STRAYER, you get a free sixer on your mate Jimmy of the Dos Blocos XPA. I tell you what, that's drinking beer too. The old Dos X. You can drink that till the cows come home. Beautiful drinking weather at the moment too. So, Gary, get around it right now, thedailyliquor.com. Be over 18, drink responsibly. Not like uh, fuckwit politicians out there, eh? Oh, dim Tim. All right, let's do some yeah nahs. 
First off, I love this one from Dan Wilkinson at NBA Australia. Jimmy, yeah, nah. If the New York Knicks started using Manscaped for all their heads trimming needs, would they have to change their name to the New York Smooths? Yeah, nah. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. You don't want Knicks. You want them smooth. Manscaped will help you there. <laughs> that was a good one. I enjoyed that one, Dan. Luke Fragona. Yeah, nah. Washington might be the biggest surprise of the season so far. Is the league officially in trouble when they get guys like T. Bryant and Rui back? Yeah, nah. Yeah. They really are. They're crushing it. To be... For the Washington Wizards, just... We've had teams that go off, you know, to a pretty crazy hot start before. I'm looking at your the Orlando Magic three years ago. Detroit three years ago. You know, teams that are like, oh shit, we're doing alright, and then suddenly you turn around they're like they were, you know, eight and three, and they turn around they're like fourteen and fifteen. <laughs> but the Wiz I mean, their point differential has been they've won a couple of close ones, we get that. But they are taking care of business. And if they get Thomas not Kobe Bryant back as well, and they get Dan Gafford back and maybe Rui. Look, the situation about Rui is a bit weird because there was a report on the weekend that uh, (laughs) some people around the team are like, oh, yeah, the team is saying that he's reported, but we haven't seen him. He's been dealing with, like, you know, personal issues and stuff like that, and I hope everything's all right with him and hopefully that he is, you know, working hard on getting back. But, yeah, it's a bit of a... uh, Interesting one there. Uh, And Thomas Bryant, like, if they get him back soon, that'd be good. There's just a lot of stuff going on with Washington. But the crazy part is, it is the biggest surprise because, look, going into this season, with so many new moving parts around Brad Beal, they've got a new point guard, a new coach, like half of an old crappy Lakers team. Like, it's pretty, well, not crappy. They, Kuzma and... uh, KCP are champions, but, you know, Montrez Harrell, they did, however, get real depth, a real point guard, and they are now winning real games. Like, that's how it goes sometimes when you just get a little bit of know-how rather than just going, we've got Brad Beal, we've got, like, a big guy, we've got a whole mess of young dudes and some former G-leaguers. Now they've actually got the depth that Montrez, KCP, and Kuz provide Bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie, very, very big. He was massive in that Boston game. And obviously, you got your superstar in Brad Beal. So, it's great. And also, they've cost me a bunch of uh, money so far this season. So, I'm not going to bet against them for a while. <laughs> I'll tell you what. But they are the biggest surprise. Good on your whiz. Dan Drosher. Hey, mate. Loving the show as always. Been MIA smash with work. Sucks about quarantine just as the pubs open up. Good excuse to drink in front of basketball. Uh, yeah, nah. Can I call the Suggs versus Barnes debate? I'm so happy Ujiri is right and I'm wrong. It's almost like he's good at his job. Yeah, nah. Uh, This is a tricky one because Suggs has looked way out of his depth. And it did seem weird at the time that Toronto went, nah, we're good. We'll take Barnes instead of Suggs. Should, should have been a warning sign about Jalen Suggs. Instead, Muggins over here as well was like, oh, that seems pretty dumb. What are they doing? Oh, jeez. And then Scotty Barnes just turns it on, starts kicking ass and taking names, and we all look like idiots. Remember, Masai Ujiri is smarter than all of us, and he's very fucking good at his job. So I think we should uh, just, you know, trust Masai. So you're right there, Dan. 
I don't know if we can call the debate, but I think we can uh, remember to not doubt the Raptors that much. <laughs> Jesus, because that is rough as guts. And last one, Brett Pierce. What's up, Jimmy? Hope you, the squid and old mate, are holding up all right. Oh, thanks, Brett. Uh, so always forgive me if this... Uh, Anyways, forgive me if this has been a year now before, but should the NBA limit the number of veteran minimum contracts on the team to prevent just raiding the nursing home, Nets, Lakers, etc., and instead nurture young talent with those spots? As an example, instead of having Dwight, Mello, Ariza, Rondo, and Avery Bradley, they can only have, say, two to three of those guys and instead sign some more kids in the spots on one-year guaranteed deals. That way, even if it doesn't quite work out, they're really only out that roster spot a year, but it gives guys like Exum and a few sort of borderline NBA guys a chance to at least get some experience under their belt. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I love this. I do love it. There should be maybe a... The problem is, like, this is all part of, like, negotiations that happen with the Players Association, right? And the Players Association's run by current players, and a lot of the older, more established current players whose friends are having, you know, their actual NBA career lives extended because they're best mates with LeBron or they're friends with Chris Paul, this sort of stuff. I do like the idea that maybe, just maybe, the limit on maybe due to over 35 or something should be there, but they just wouldn't be able to bring it in. They wouldn't be able to legislate it because... The Players Association would never let it happen because you got to remember the Players Association, it's for current players who are members. And if you're not in the NBA yet, you don't get a vote, you know? And you've got no one stumping for you. Whereas like the existing players, they want to keep getting paid for as long as possible. Ergo, the veteran minimum contracts initially anyway is always for dudes around the edges of the league that provides them with a minimum contract. And... They're not going to get rid of, like, uh, you know, the roster spots for the old guys basically anytime soon, which is a shame because I love this idea. I think they should expand the two-way spots way more, and I feel like they should... Like, at this point, I think we've got enough talent very easily in the NBA to expand. So I think that would be one way of also getting rid of that. So go to 32 teams, so you've got an extra 30 legit NBA roster spots up for grabs. But also, like, the two-way contracts... Like, we should have between three to five of those per team, I think. And if you're a team like the Nets or the Rockets, where... Well, all right, so they're two different uh, aspects, right? So the Rockets, we've seen uh, them wanting to give as many young dudes as possible a bit of a shot. And that's where you go, well, we're going to also have these dudes play for the Rio Grande Valley... uh, What are they? Vipers, the G League team... And it's like, well, we can keep tabs on them that way. We've got the two-way contracts thing, and we can maybe move dudes in and out. I basically think it's weird that there's only 15 per team and there's no sort of ways around it. I think the two-way contract should be sort of a little bit of a floating idea, more of a nebulous kind of roster expansion bit where you could have three to five dudes per team where they're making okay coin to also play in the G League. And then for the Nets, it would also give them a chance to... If you're going to have that many veterans, then if you've got three to five dudes on your G League team as well, or on your two-way spots, then they can come in and cover for the inevitable injuries, or you can just take a look at them. Or you can go, well, 
this guy's better than like DeAndre Bembry. <laughs> or he might give us more meaningful minutes than some of the other veterans we've got. We'll just slip him in and out. And that's how it goes. It'd be really fun that way. But I do like the idea of limiting the old guy's spots. It's just that it'll never get through the Players Association. That's a really good one, Brett. Appreciate that one. All right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. This is actually the popular opinion of the day. Why the fuck do coaches not get their challenge back if they're right? It still makes zero fucking sense. Like, hey, refs, you got it wrong. It's like, oh, nah, fuck you, coach. It's like, no, well, fuck you. I'm challenging that, you idiot. And then the refs go, oh, well, we were wrong. Now the call's correct. Now the coach can't do that again, even though we are apparently bad at our jobs. What? What the fuck is that about? <laughs> it makes zero sense beyond, oh, we want to speed up the game. And if they just keep getting their challenges right, just make their refs better. Just make the refs better. Simple as that. Oh, such a dumb idea. Outback take gas time, though. It's Monday at Outback, and that's right. Down the back of the paddock, I saw a roo this morning. He was trying to fight my dog, so I went down there with a shovel and bang! Bush stakes. Only at Outback. That's right, it's just kangaroo. Just knocked the fuck out of that big one with the old shovel, and away we went. Took a bloody bit of beating, too. Either way, nice and tenderized. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is, as we saw on the weekend, RJ Barrett will have a better NBA career than his college teammate Zion Williamson. And not only that, so will their other teammate, Cam Reddish. Only at Outback. I'll tell you what, I'm getting a bit concerned about the Zion stuff. The fact that the Pelican's like, yeah, he's gotten pretty big. <laughs> and he's got a fucked foot. That's not... You know how you don't lessen pressure on a fucked foot? Become a fat prick. Jesus, I know. Because I kept fucking up my feet. <laughs> and I'm a fat bastard. <sighs> anyway, here we are. All right, let's take a quick break. Be back with a stream. Play watch right after... This one... This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, what do Chris Paul, NASA Commander Scott Kelly, Redico, Fran Alexis Ohanian have in common? Well, they've all got incredible experiences, and they're all unknowable, which is a rad new app where the world's top experts teach new skills and bite-sized little audio courses. It's like Spotify for learning shit. I love it. The squid hates it. We're stuck at home. All I've done is listen to like Thomas and Friends for like eight days now. And uh, every time I try to put on Noble, he cracks it. So whatever. Uh, he's not getting smart, nor am I. <laughs> the bloke from NASA talks about space. Chris Paul about plant-based lifestyles. And Alexis Ohan in the Reddit co-founder teaches how to launch a startup. There's over 100 other experts out there waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff today, download Knowable. Bang in the code Strayer. Get 20% off. Boom. Get smarter today. Don't blame me for being dumb. Right. Australian play watch. Let's do it. Patty Thrills. Patty Mills. The offense has dropped off a little bit in the last couple of games. Uh, I mentioned today, his defense is a little bit underrated. He's good. In that win over Indy, he had five points on five shots, went one and two from three. Three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. Not bloody bad. And then today against Detroit, seven points on three of seven, shooting one and two from downtown with two assists. I love it. Patty just getting back into the uh, swing of things. Jingling Joe Ingles in that loss to Chicago. He started, uh, he had nine points on nine shots, went three of eight from three. 
That's all nine points. Uh, six rebounds, two assists, and four turnovers. A bit of a tough one for all the Yaz in that Chicago game. But then in the win over Milwaukee today, he had 23 minutes, five points, one of one from the floor, which was a three, and two of two from the free throw line. The perfect jingles. Congrats, Milwaukee. You just got jingled. He also had a rebound, an assist, and a block. Beautiful. Matty T, though. Look, I wanted to have him in weekend winners and losers, but I figured to be a bit redundant when I talk over, talk about him again. Best game of the season for Ozzy Matty T on the weekend against Atlanta. He did a little bit of everything. And then also just threw himself a block party. How bloody good was he? He was blocking everything. He was hitting all these shots. He went 4 of 7 from the floor. 1 of 3 from 3. Had 11 points. 3 rebounds. 2 assists. But he had 4 steals and 3 blocks. He's a menace! I love it. Aussie Matty T. Matisse Tybal, you gun. Uh, Josh Greeny Green in that absolute fucking belting by Denver of the Mavs. I mean, look, it was nice because we got Bol Bol, we got Josh Green. Uh, but Josh Green got out there for 16 minutes, didn't bother the uh, point scorers there. Zero points on 0-3 shooting. This is the thing that kills me about Greeny when he does get these little bits of uh, run. They are very inconsistent, so it's very hard to obviously get into rhythm if you're ice cold and you haven't played for a couple of games. But... 16 minutes, you just want to see him hit a couple of shots. 0 of 3 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3. He did get 7 rebounds, 1 assist and 1 block in that time though, and he also had 2 turnovers. And then he copped a uh, did not play coach's decision against Sacramento today. Uh, yesterday. Today? No, this morning, yeah. Uh, Giddy! Giddy up! Josh Giddy in that loss to Golden State, 10 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, shot 5 of 11, 0 of 2 from downtown. He had a block and a steal though. Love it to go with 2 turnovers. And rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, Landale... Got it there for 17 seconds against the Bucks. Love it. <laughs> Good on you, Jock. That's 17 seconds. Uh, he still hasn't scored since he scored in his first game when he had his uh, one free throw. So let's uh, get some more Jock time, please, Pop. What are y'all doing? All right, let's do it. The Andrew Gaze Grand Mum Reward for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It's the first Andrew Gaze Grey Mumba. Easy one today. Paul George. The 42 points he had against the Blazers. Look, they lose the game, but god damn, he was good. Talk about excellence. 15 of 24 he shot. 6 of 9. Nice. From 3. And he went 6 of 9. Nice. From the free throw line. Ends up with 42 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, a block and a steal. Absolute Andrew Gaze territories for sure there. But the shooting was amazing. 6 of 9. Nice from downtown and the free throw line. But the 15 to 24 is incredible. This is the thing. I mean, the Clippers just realized, oh shit, we've got absolutely no hope against someone like Portland unless Paul George goes off. And the crazy part was, they still didn't, despite Paul George going off. So, tough times for the Clippers, I tell you that much. Tell you that's rough as guts. Either way, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check in. This is the Josh Giddy Instagram check-in, where it's just a beautiful picture of him rising up for a shot against Golden State. And uh, this is in his stories, and then he had a great photo of uh, Los Angeles. Just a nice little uh, LA streetscape. I absolutely love that. Pretty good baller game day action. Great job, kids. Great job. Giddy up. Right, game previews for tomorrow. 
Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How did the weekend go? Oh, pretty good, you know. I built the uh, the big play set for the squid. He's loving that, pretending he's a pirate. It's pretty fun. Got a great uh, picnic uh, catered box from our buddies at Kitsch Catering. Go check them out on Instagram. Always crushing it. Absolutely delicious. Still working our way through it. Those uh, tarts are absolutely amazing. Uh, but the picks went 13 of 23 over the weekend, which is pretty pretty great. We went 5 of 5 today, actually. Uh, the, it was a good turnaround because I think the picks for Saturday were not very good. I think we went 2 of 7 on Saturday, but then we went 6 of 11 on Sunday and 5 of 5 today. So that leaves us for the year at 51 of 84. Pretty bloody good. Now... A lot of games tomorrow. If you've got your uh, day off for Cup Day in, if you're in Victoria, Melbourne, you've got plenty of basketball to watch. It's pretty good. And I'm excited. So I'll be doing a show tomorrow. Oh, mate, you can look after the squid all day. That'll be fun. Cleveland versus Charlotte. What do you reckon is going to happen here? Cleveland, can they cover four and a half points against Charlotte? I'm going to say no. I think Charlotte can cover this one and beat the Cavs handily. Look, the Cavs are good. They are inconsistent. Charlotte on a back-to-back, but at home. Cleveland on the road. It's going to be a bit much. Give me the Hornets. San Antonio go to Indy. And the Pacers are three-and-a-half-point favorites for some reason. I'm going San Antonio. They're hungry. They're young. They're feisty. And they're getting three-and-a-half points. I'm going to take San Antonio plus three-and-a-half. Thank you very much. Speaking of which, Portland go to Philly. How good is this? The Ben Simmons Bowl. Do you reckon Ben will just jump on the plane back with the Portland boys? What do you think? Either way, the Blazers are six and a half point underdogs against Philly. And I'm going to go Portland. Uh, it's not because I really think they've got the makeup here and there to uh, really take it to a team like Philly. I just don't trust Philly to cover six and a half points against anybody, especially a team like Portland, who at any point, Dame could break out of his shooting slump and drop 45 on your head. So I'm going to go Portland plus 6.5. Going to be a fascinating game, that one. Uh, Nurk versus Embiid. Love to see that. Atlanta hosts Washington. I'm not going against Washington until they prove me wrong. I'm going Washington plus 5.5. Them's the rules. I've just... They're 5-1. and one. Atlanta are 3-3. Three and three. I'm going to go with Washington. 5.5 points. Underdogs taking that. Chicago go to Boston. This is the tricky one. I really want to go Chicago, but I feel like this is the te- this is the game where Boston go, right, now we're paying attention. We're two and a half point favorites against Chicago and Boston win this. But you know what? I can't. I just can't do it. Chicago have been playing too well. So Boston win this if both Brown and Tatum absolutely go off and efficiently do so. But Tatum hasn't really quite done that beyond the Charlotte game. But that's what gives me pause. Because he just could. Because he is very, very good. As I mentioned earlier, the efficiency step up we need to see. We know he can do it. You just want to see it from game to game, night to night to night to night to night to night. I'm going to take Chicago. I think Vooch gives them fits. I'm just going to take this two and a half points for Chicago against Boston. But that's a great game too. The Knicks, the Bargnani Bowl. The Knicks host Toronto. I'm going the Knicks minus six and a half. I think they're in a bit of a groove. Toronto, a very inconsistent they had a good weekend. I think the Knicks can take care of business here, though. The Grizzlies host Denver. The Grizzlies are actually two-and-a-half-point favorites, and I kind of agree with that. Denver are very scratchy at the moment. I'm going to go the Grizzlies 
to uh, get right. Minnesota host Orlando, the nine and a half point favorites. That's probably too many, but I think Minnesota can bounce back over that after that last disappointing game and really, really take it to Orlando. And then finally, the Clippers, 11 and a half point favorites against OKC. Similar vibes. I think the Clippers bounce back and really put OKC to the sword. Uh, it's going to be sad. It's going to be bad. But look, Shea and Gids, not quite enough there to take over the Clippers. So there you go. We will be back tomorrow to wrap all that up for you. Even on Cup Day. That's right, Jimmy, working through public holidays. That's what I do. Just put myself on the line for you folks out there all the time. Oh, Christ, River Jimmy. Yeah, it must be pretty hard, eh? Yeah. (laughs) But either way, make sure you're following NBA Australia Twitter on Facey IG. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with uh, myself and Gaz chopping it up about the NFL each week. It's a crazy NFL this week uh, week as well this week, so this week's show should be pretty good. And I'll be drinking again, which will be fun on the bun. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Uh, Adam from FWCI Sports and Gaming talking about the NXT Halloween Havoc results. Always a good time on World Wrestling Australia. He's also got, what, talking about, like, Robbie Eagles becoming a double champion in the New Japan Pro Wrestling? Awesome. And there's uh, the reaction to the latest edition of edition of Botch Mania. Heaps of stuff going on. So search World Wrestling Australia on YouTube or follow FWCIE on Twitter for links to future episodes. Adam crushes it. Go check it out. Get around NBAstraya.com slash shop. Buy some uh, T-shirts while you can. There's only a few of the Rose Gold nicknames ones left. So go check that out. Check us a rating review on your uh, podcast app. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. Get 20% off. Get free shipping. Do it right now. In time for Christmas. Look after your junk. Your balls will thank you. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code Stray. Get a free six out. Knowable. Use the code Stray. Get 20% off. Boom. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They're open running out of time. Is out now. A big thanks also always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Shadai, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Give them all the smash on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, Remember, NBA Australia supports train bands. So should you. All right. There you go. Well, we're going to close out with a brand new Positive Things for Positive People reviews with Josh Giddy, the Positive Peoples. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Cup Day Fever. Maybe I'll get a couple of tins in me tomorrow. That'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Off we go. We'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. there yeah hey uh yeah it's josh giddy uh and this is my positive things for positive people reviews with positive people's josh giddy and uh i'm just you know just doing another pop culture review for you guys taking over from matthew delavidova my very good friend and mentor so uh yeah look we try to be really quick uh like my buddy poku out the door when there's a round to buy at the bar isn't that right poku (laughs) oh he doesn't i'm sorry i'm sorry no, Poku, don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. Look, don't cry. Ah. Oh, bugger. Now I've made him sad. Poku, I'll make it up to you later. It's all right. Okay, uh, so, yeah. My review this week is I watched The Gentleman with Hugh Grant and Jax from Sons of Anarchy, which is uh, my dad's favorite show. So I really like Sons of Anarchy. 
And uh, this movie, like with Jackson and Hugh Grant and some other familiar faces like Matthew McConaughey, like it was really good, hey. Like lots of twists and turns, like my beautiful hair. So, yeah, it was a really good movie. So I guess if you like good movies, then you should watch this one. I mean, I like good movies. So should you. So it is It's pretty good. My hair's pretty nice as well, though, isn't it? Oh. So I think... Um, so Deli told me to rank these, and I don't really like ranking things because I just like things. So I'll just give the gentleman 10 out of 10 giddy-ups. Okay? Okay, so... Oh, Pokey, stop crying. Ah, oh, God. It's like the day his Tamagotchi died. Anyway, uh, I've been Josh Giddy. I'll be back next week with another Positive Things for Positive People reviews with Positive Things Josh Giddy.